Greetings and welcome to the pod. My name is Mark West. Craig Clark is an Australian surf lifesaving champion who has had a dream of swimming the English Channel since watching Des Renford in the 1970s. He had a slot booked for this year and then COVID-19 hit. Undeterred, not wanting to waste the training and to raise money for Beyond Blue, Craig developed the 36km Coles to Newcastle Ocean Swim on the Australian East Coast, a swim leg that has never been attempted before. The 36km course dates back over 100 years to when coal ships loaded at Catherine Hill Bay Jetty, where the swim started, and transported coal into Newcastle Harbour past Nobby's Lighthouse, which was the finishing point for the swim. It also has a great deal of personal significance to Craig as a coal miner, with Newcastle being Craig's hometown and Swansea Belmont Surf Life Saving Club, his club. Craig also raised an astonishing $32,000 for Beyond Blue, and the swim took 12 hours, getting in just before nightfall. I started my chat with Craig by asking him if he had always loved swimming in the ocean. Yeah, yeah, very much so. I, I sort of started out in the surf club as a nipper uh, with Swansea Belmont in Newcastle, and that's a club that I've uh, yeah always been in. And uh, so yeah, it's run, run through nippers uh, right through the into the seniors as well. And uh, yeah, re- regularly sort of for probably twenty or twenty over twenty years competed at state and Australian titles. Um, and yeah, certainly in the in the swimming side of things. Um, when it came to the surf, I was sort of sort of built swimming to start with, and then and then sort of uh, went into the team R and R event, res- rescue and resuscitation, and uh, really enjoyed doing that with a great bunch of guys and, and coached there over over a lot of years. And so, did you start? When did you start to specialise in ocean swimming, or is this more of a recent thing? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I guess with with the surf background, that was the initial thing, and and the and the nature of my both my my physical build and and the, the my stroke sort of became sort of better suited to swimming in the ocean, the the the, the rougher waters. Um, so then I progressed. Uh, yeah, I, I sort of kicked off doing a lot of the. The, the, the local ocean swims probably going back oh, probably 15 20 years ago um, the um, you know the like the 2k distance swims there's a, a couple of good annual swims that ran for a long time here and, and as well as the across the lake swim uh, that the the surf club run and then there was a caves beach one as well as a, which a, a great one that's run annually here from uh, Nobbies to Newcastle so Kicked off doing them for a while, and then then developed um, went went a bit further. Went to some of the big ones in Sydney, and and, and the big one up at Byron Bay as well. So um, had been doing a a lot of those ocean swims sort of annually for yeah probably fifteen to twenty years. Um, so c- certainly a, as far as the ocean goes, um, yeah, pr- a pretty solid background. That's a pretty big jump from two k's through to. 36 k's from uh, the Coles to Newcastle swim. That must have been a lot of training. What? And I know you were thinking about the English Channel. What crystallised that in your thought? When did you decide that you were uh, you're going to go really hit the long distance stuff? It was 
to, to prepare for it, I'd, I'd done a little bit of homework. My, my interest in it sort of stemmed from my much younger years, teenage years as a as a swimmer. I, I did quite a bit of pool swimming as well, but um, I I was I was always fascinated by the the feats of Des Renford, um, which were sort of you know well well sort of publicised at, at those times, and particularly his English Channel and uh, his English Channel exploits where he um, you know, obviously crossed it 19 times but uh, over a 10-year span. But it was a combination of that unique style of swimming, the, the image of the grease all over him and, uh, you know, just the concept of swimming from you know, from country to country, England to France, that uh, yeah, it sort of fascinated me back then and sort of stayed in the back of my mind and uh, was was really when you, I guess as you go along in, your, in sort of swimming, achieve a lot of goals that you you go whether it's in in still water in the in the surf or in the ocean um i'm sort of somebody who who always likes to sort of look forward and and, and have a have a good or new goal to to aim for and um yeah going back it was sort of five years ago that i i decided right that the next big thing i'm, I'm now ready to do the uh, ready and want to want to tackle the english channel and um that was where the whole thinking and, and, and preparation process started, uh, which which was initially in testing myself out, because as you just said, um, stepping up from you know, two, three kilometres up to you know, something over 30 and introducing cold water were, were, were two new things, irrespective of how long my swimming background was. So they, they were things that before I... Um, before I made any on, a final commitment to it, I wanted I wanted to test myself out. Uh, so for for the first first winter after that, I um, I threw myself in cold water to make sure I was I, I thought I'd be okay in it, <laughs> and uh, and then just grad, gradually sort of increased my exposure time in it. Um, but when I actually committed to doing the swim in 2017, I uh, at that stage hadn't swum oh, any more than about an hour um, in a, in about 16 degrees. That was about my longest duration coldest swim I'd done prior to doing it. But uh, but it backed my I guess uh, mentally in terms of um, making that transition and and talking to. A number of previous people who who or people who previously swum the English Channel, and um, yeah, sort of got a feel for the nature of the preparation, and uh, that that hugely lifted my motivation for doing it, and um, and then kicked off the preparation in earnest as, as soon as I got my slot locked in for 2020. And you hooked up with. Trent Grimsby, who's kind of a modern day Des Redford, isn't he? He's, I think he's the quickest across the channel at the moment. Yes, he is. He had an, he had an incredibly uh, yeah fast swim. It was back in 2012 thereabouts. Um, yeah, and yeah, Trent. Um, as uh, as soon as I, because I I was travelling a bit between Wollongong and Newcastle, where I was sort of working and where where home was. So um, in in Wanting to sort of do that unique preparation, I, I yeah sort of got made contact with Trent and, and sort of straight away he was a yeah the ideal person and we we, we spoke at, at length about the how, how it would work in a remote coaching sense and um, 
yeah, he was he he was a perfect coach for me in in preparing me for for what I, what I needed to do on, on a weekly basis, um, you know, all all the way through. And so you were booked in for 2020, your, your 2020 vision of the of the English Channel. Uh, you were booked in, and then COVID came around, which uh, obviously meant that we couldn't get anywhere. What made you think of swimming to, to Newcastle? Yes, it was uh, Catherine Hill Bay. It was kicked off at the. So my the other thing about me me personally, apart from Newcastle, I've got a long coal mining history. I've always. From when I from when I left school, I'm a mining engineer and uh, have always worked in the in the underground coal industry, and um, so I, I sort of combined made it a, a real. Uh, I'm somebody who who likes to be motivated for for a number of different things, so I I I wanted to really personalise this swim for me, so. Um, I deliberately chose Catherine Hill Bay as a starting point because it's got a, um, a, a coal jetty that comes out off the, the, the southern end of the beach um, that's been used. It, it, it's no longer in, in operational use, but it was up until around about 10 years ago, and it's got over 100 years of history. And um, so there was a there was a regular coal ship that... Um, Called the um, called the Wallara that travelled from Catherine Hill Bay into the harbour of Newcastle. So, uh, with the help of Google Maps and working out the distance being very similar, near identical to the English Channel, um, just the whole the whole story then of bringing it, calling it the Coles to Newcastle swim, um, just just coining that phrase uh, for the for the purpose of the of the swim and the. The whole sort of even personal motivation and and um, you know personal history linked to it um, just just really added to the to the whole um, uh, whole not whole motivation of the swim as well as uh, um, you know in, in the preparation and, and coining it as giving the swim an actual name. And it was colder than the English Channel, right? Like a couple of degrees colder, probably. Yeah, it was. It um, during during the winter, the the last sort of uh, probably three three odd years, three to four years, the the water in the English Channel has tended to, has got a little bit warmer, um, and it's sort of in in the in the time that I was going to swim, which was late July, uh, late July into the start of August, I was uh, the, the water temperature there was it was eighteen degrees, but. Uh, at the end of August here, you know, along the along the Newcastle sort of ocean, yeah, the temperature was was uh, 16 degrees, and the the weekend before the swim, uh, we had this incre- uh, unique weather system called that they called the Antarctic Blob that hit us, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that 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 nudged a little bit more off the the ocean temperature as well. Just just the weekend before, it looked pretty rough. Like just just sort of off the coast there, it looked like you were swimming in rough waves the the, the whole time, and you did a part of it with one arm. Like, did you did you injure your arm along the way? Yeah. What 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 happened was um, the the first part of the course there there it was a in the headlands were the real big challenge with the whole swim that 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 made it fairly unique in its in its challenge because um, what what happens off the headlands, um, particularly the the the, and the, the the biggest one was the redhead bluff. Um, as as the tide and the swell hits off it, it 
it really you're swimming in really turbulent water um, that throws you from wants to throw you from side to side and a little bit into you, but and you you're really sort of struggling to move forward. Um, so I, I'd actually been I was travelling really well from Catherine Hill Bay right through to Redhead, which was a bit which was around about 21 kilometres of the course uh, that was done, and because I the the I had a what was known as a nine mile beach stretch uh, between Blacksmiths and Redhead, um, and it was sort of protected by the the two headlands in between. It was actually like the, a really smooth part of the course, and I was feeling great in in getting to Redhead, and that was almost right on midday, um, so I covered sort of uh, sort of well over half the course by by midday, but then came Redhead Bluff and. That's where the, the the real tough conditions hit, and uh, in in relation to my shoulder or my arm, I, I've had a I, I knew, and it's been something that I had to manage for a number of years, particularly with sort of as swimming volume picks up, I've had have got a twice dislocated right shoulder, oh. and to to punch through the chop, you, you just have to change your stroke instead of stretching out, which I'm really comfortable doing. You have to sort of short. You have to shorten your stroke and punch through it, punch through this chop. And I, in going along Redhead Bluff, um, it was just like a just short of four kilometres. It took me all of two hours to get through, which was like less than half the rate I'd done up until then. Um, in doing that and punching through, yeah, shoulder really, really sort of gave way to some extent. So I, I wasn't literally swimming with one arm but I was only pulling with one arm I still had it going around but I I had a a, a fair bit of soreness and um, yeah pretty much very little strength in it um, did did sort of on a, on a on a drinks break a little bit further along I had a couple of panadol to help uh, relieve it and that that but for a period of about an hour um, around that. Yeah, I was definitely only getting a, a pull with my left arm, not, not not my right. Wow. How did you pull up afterwards? Are you okay now? Uh, yeah, for either for three three to four days after, I um I was I, I was very sore and as far as that right shoulder goes, I thought I'd done a real lot of damage to it. Um so pretty much couldn't couldn't raise it above the horizontal at all, my right arm, um, and a, a real lot of soreness. Um, but I got uh, a little bit of uh, some good treatment on it um, sort of a week after the swim and then very lightly came back to swimming. And, uh, yeah, thankfully I'm I'm confident that I've uh, fully recovered and and haven't done any further damage to the shoulder. Do you have uh, motivation to do it again, do the same course, do it in reverse, turn it into an event or anything like that, or are are you done with this swim now? I think it's uh, it's one of those things where um, I I really just wanted it as a one-off personally. Um, in in choosing to head head in a northerly direction, that that certainly added a lot to the challenge of the swim, um, and that that was for two reasons. One was that the the predominant winds were, were certainly northerly, so you even though on the day, thankfully, and that was why I swam it on the day that I did. Um, we did have a light southerly running for most, for, for, certainly for all the morning. It swung around to the north in the afternoon, but 
um, yeah, that was that was sort of the only thing that you you had to have that in you going for you to, to do that swim. But the other the other key thing is the east coast current um, runs in a southerly direction. So as you as you come past these headlands and you're trying to uh, the further you the further you get out to sea, the more the more you're going to get away from the impact of the um, you know the tide and the swell coming off the headlands. But then you then you're putting yourself into the teeth of the south running current. So it's almost like which is the lesser of the two evils. Um, the swim would definitely be much more comfortable and easier heading south rather than north. Um, but the coming back to what we were t- talking about earlier, the the coals to Newcastle. Um, sort of concept I, I was desperate to hang on to and, and, and really wanted to, to head in that direction. Taken a, a bit of a support team to to help you out here. Yeah, and and it was it was really good how 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 quickly that came together too. Because um, first of all, for the English Channel, which was always planned to happen, um, the the a couple of key people originally who were involved in 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 the support, who were my twin my twin sister Michelle, was uh, always coming over with me, and her husband Mick. Um, they were they, they were always part of the whole preparation for the English Channel, um, so they were uh, when, when this happened. When obviously we we, were, we then weren't going, they were the they were the sort of key first people who were always going to be involved because Michelle, I'd done a fair bit of work on my nutrition, so she was going to be the one who was going to manage that. Apart from somebody who I'm very close to and know well, uh, she was the one who copped. Um, Plenty of my frustration coming out of out, out of my mouth just during the swim as well, particularly from redhead through to through to nobbies. and uh, she would she she certainly knew how to handle it or handle it best as well. Um, so she was she was a critical person on on, on the crew. Um, my uh, in a lot of my preparation again for the channel, I, I it's really important when you swim in the ocean because you, you're not generally not going to be swimming with another swimmer um when you do long swims a kayak paddle is critical to your preparation and um yeah i had a had a, had a long-term friend linked to for, with our boys sport locally um paul hunter who um who, who paddled alongside me on a lot of a lot of my longer swims out in the ocean and we certainly took on some pretty tough conditions as well so because he had he had spent so much time alongside me watching me swim. Uh, he, his role was hugely important over the duration of the swim as well. Um, and then I had my uncle and my cousin, so it was very much a family-based thing, who uh, who provided the boat and we did. And we, we all really got, only got together because the whole thing was only really born three, uh, like sort of two and a half months or three months before it actually happened. So in... In testing out the course, understanding how things were potentially going to play out on the day, getting getting doing trial runs with the boat, getting his getting the boat ready, um, yeah, they, they they all committed a lot of their time 
to in the three months towards it and were a yeah, huge help and they, they, they definitely made made it all happen, that's for sure. Are you still keen on the English Channel? Do you, do you keep your spot in future years or is, have you got to start this process again? Because I understand it's not easy to get a slot to the English Channel. No, it is. It, it's it's pretty much a three year wait, which means you've got to do a lot of lot of lot of uh, sort of light planning for for that and uh, commit yourself to it. Um, so what I did manage to do um, only after I'd done the um, done, done the Coles to Newcastle swim was um, managed to secure a transfer of my spot from from this year into 2022. So. <laughs> which I'm uh, yeah, determined w- w- I will do and will happen. Uh, so in July 2022, um, I've, uh, I'm, I've I've got uh, yeah, big plans. Uh, obviously, COVID uh, COVID allowing um, to, uh, to to head back on a on a on a postponed mission to uh, to swim to France. Fantastic. Do you think that'll be your next big swim, or do you, have you got a, a big one in mind for next year as as part of the build up? Um, it, it's, I guess, with COVID, it, it's hard to to cement in anything that involves sort of international travel, especially. Um, a couple of other other swims I've potentially got in mind, and, I, and I've got further down the track an even bigger plan for the English Channel, but because um, uh, that's that, that, that's really the one that I I'm I'm sort of hugely motivated by, and uh, and definitely want to want to go and go and uh, do it at least once um, and the, uh, the, the the other big swim purely by its rough nature which I I, I really like as well um, that I've I've got in mind but I just I've just got to wait and see sort of obviously how things play out uh, is the Cook Strait um, which oh, wow. yep. north and south island of the air really keen to do that one too um, and and as as, as much it, it's shorter in distance than the English Channel or the Coles to Newcastle, but um, as as I'm sure you can imagine, the the wind will is almost certain to blow, um, and it's the it, it's the rough nature of that that make, makes that adds to that channel challenge, and uh, the fact that it is obviously at our part of the world is um, is definitely one that I'm I'm keen to do at some time as well. I think we've got a travel bubble with New Zealand now, don't we? So you might you might be lucky. You might be lucky. There aren't many swims like that. Well, I don't know any swims like that in Australia. I guess you could swim to a rot nest, but it's no nowhere near as um, bumpy. Yeah, the, the, I mean there are there are a, a number of different different swims around around Australia. I, I guess in preparing for the English Channel, and this was a big thing why I, I was determined to do something of a of a big nature and and also for charity as well. When um, when the preparation was already done, because it was over such a long period of time, I knew I was ready. Um, I, I really didn't want to just let the all that preparation just amount to nothing. So that that's why I just sort of put the thinking cap on and came you know, came up with this local local Newcastle concept that obviously had some personal history linked to it as well. Um, that um, you know re- really gave me something to he- aim for, head for, and you know grab the support crew, and that they were 100% behind it. Um, and uh, you know the the different parties that then came on board to help out on the day with a with a couple of sponsors and the Lake Macquarie Council lifeguards who did a brilliant job 
with with jet skis uh, alongside me as well. They were they were keeping an eye on the marine hazards for, for us <laughs> during the during the swim and and were ready to if something happened to me they were, they were they were right to sort of jump in and take over straight away. It was a it was a really good plan that we sort of they they jumped on board and, and uh, helped put together so that you know, the whole everybody involved in the swim. Uh, obviously, me included was was comfortable with what what we were doing, and uh, yeah, in in swimming in those oceans and as far out as we did around Moon Island without a shark cage was, um, you know, obviously had a had a fair element of risk, and plenty of people thought I was legitimately mad for for even thinking about doing it, um, but it but it, it was done with a with a with both a combination of um, testing it all out. And with a, with a lot of thought behind it too. Have you seen many sharks in your various training swims off the coast up there? Uh, no, I haven't. I may, may have seen one. Uh, it, it's one of them ones you when you see something that resembles it, you, uh, you you like to think it's the one with the with the longer pointy nose rather <laughs> than the uh, than anything anything. I certainly lots and lots of dolphins. Um, a number of other ones, but the sharks, thankfully, I I don't don't see. I I run run with the theory that that helps because a lot of the swimming, I all the preparations on the shorter distance, I do go out in the ocean on my own, which is isn't something that's always recommended, and, and not not many people would do that. But it's um, and to the the only way you can do that is to overcome any fear of sharks. Uh, and I, I just had a theory that um, by not swimming in a wetsuit and keeping on moving and, and swimming at the, the wise times of the day, that um, you know the the probabilities were very low. I, I knew that they weren't zero, of course. Um, but I, yeah, I, I, I guess I tried to do as many smart things as I could to uh, to minimise the risk. And you mentioned the charity before you raised. Well, you raised an awful lot for Beyond Blue. The thirty-two thousand dollars was the last time I checked it. That's that's incredible. What uh, motivated you to swim for Beyond Blue? Well, Beyond Blue was uh, first of all in terms in terms of mental health. There'd been um, a number of things that I'd, I'd been personally close to. Uh, there was it, it, it probably initially triggered off in, with a with a couple of sort of family history sort of. Um, um, that matters involving mental health issues that have been um, I, I was very close with and, and, and managed. I went through a couple of uh, fairly minor things involving anxiety myself in, in earlier years um, and there was a significant incident in, from my work history when when I was working in Wollongong where um, uh, very suddenly lost a, a, a close workmate to, uh, to suicide unexpectedly. And it was—it's one of them things that when something like that happens, you, you you automatically question yourself in terms of you know what you could have done, what 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 you could have seen, what you could have said, and all that sort of thing. And uh, I certainly got in contact with with Beyond Blue at that at that time, and I found them incredibly helpful and supportive, and a, and a really good service. Um, they certainly sort of understand the, the situations and helped helped you sort of you know get your get your own mind back on back on you know obviously not not blaming or thinking what else you could have done and 
I I just thought that they were a great service with or great to obviously um, re- really essential service in the community and thrown on with everything that was happening with COVID and um, you know so many people losing losing work and lives changing. Um, I just thought that they were um, this this year more so than ever. Uh, uh, like a, the, the the charity to to do fundraising for. So, um, in in terms of choosing them, it was a yeah very easy decision for me. And uh, along along the way of the fundraising, I was in contact with them regularly. And um, yeah, they they were extremely supportive as as well. And um, yeah, a really nice thing after where. In terms of a presentation, wasn't possible because of COVID. But the uh, the CEO Georgie Harmon put together a yeah a really touching personal um, uh, video of appreciation, which was uh, really made all that uh, worthwhile as well. It was uh, yeah, very nice. Oh, fan- yeah, fantastic! Congratulations. It's a I mean, it's a great cause, and you you've done amazing things. Um, you you were on the front page of the papers up there as well, and on the news. So quite a lot of exposure. How did you how did you like that? <laughs> you you, kind of, you sound like an unassuming sort of guy. <laughs> well, it was one. It was it was seriously totally unexpected. It was um, when, when I first came down here and set, set about, and even from the from the fundraising point of view, my, my original target. I'm thinking, you know, I know, I know uh, I've been sort of most of my life has been spent living in Newcastle. I know a lot of people. I'm thinking that there might be a little bit of interest. Um, yeah, I'd be happy if I could raise three thousand dollars. That that was my original target. Um, when when I first um, in in uh, posted up that I on and it was on Facebook about the the story that as I said I'd sort of pieced together based on a, a lot about own personal history linked to the swim and obviously the very unique nature of the swim and linked to linked to not being able to do the English Channel. The reaction was incredible straight away, and um, when a when a couple of people from the media found out, it, uh, sort of heard about it, they they really loved the the story. And um, now the guys from the obviously the, the main ones were MB, MBN Television, Newcastle Herald, and ABC Radio, uh, all got behind it like well before the swim. They they were aware of it about sort of in early July. And um, they had had sort of stories with each of them to start with, and then they were really keen following it up. And when sort of knew the swim was on, the coverage that they put behind it was was incredible. It blew me away. A lot, lot of it I didn't didn't had no idea what what was happening or how it was going to play out. Um, but uh, yeah, and and they huge all of that played a huge part in the fundraising as well because uh, obviously that exposure. Uh, went out particularly all around Newcastle, and um, the, the 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 vast majority of people who who donated were, were people who who saw that and uh, left really touching mes- messages of um, of inspiration and uh, and how impressed they were and how important the cause was, and um, yeah, it, it certainly made it all worthwhile for me. It was very touching. It's a nice thing to kind of rally around at the moment as well with. With job losses and lockdowns and and all the rest of it, wouldn't have been easy up in in Newcastle, I don't imagine. So that great community event, really. It, it is, and as far as the sort of patriotic town goes, there's um, 
there's I think there's few that are, that are that are bigger than Newcastle in yeah. terms of really getting behind think local things and uh, local local people local irrespective of whether it's sort of sport business or, or whatever. So um, and this is just yet another example of it. And if it, I guess if in the in the tough year that uh, everybody's had in trying to adjust to this. Uh, this uh, hopefully shortish term new world we're in, um, to have uh, something to take their minds away from it at that time and uh, um, you know, provide something of a good news nature on it and, be, and to be able to be part of that was, um, was, it was I guess, one of them things, a combination of timing in, in lots of ways. But, uh, it, um, yes, certainly... Definitely, mate, mate, gave me a huge lift both in leading up to it and uh, and afterwards as well. They're sort of very touched by the reaction. And how do you feel in the water? Do you sort of get into the zone and time passes by in a strange way, or does it hurt every stroke? How do how do you feel, or how did you feel during that during swimming for so long? It's one of these things in the prepara- in my preparation I, I did a fairly unique thing even for English Channel that not a lot of people do. I, I exclusively swum in salt water for two years. I never got in chlorine. Um, there is a difference between swimming in chlorine and, uh, and salt water and it's not until you probably expose yourself a lot to salt water that, you, that a swimmer realises it and it's all to do with buoyancy and um, the impact of salt water and how much higher you sit in the water. It might only be millimetres, but it makes a big difference. And for me, with the shoulder injury that I mentioned before, it actually made a big difference. Um, it, it allowed me to to, um, to largely remain uninjured during my preparation. And uh, so I, in terms of the, the mindset, uh, that I had while I was swimming, I first of all got a massive love for swimming in in the ocean. So it was almost like um, it, it, it was a place of peace, if you like, a place of comfort, and uh, a place that I love being in. So it was it wasn't something that I I was concerned about, stressed about, even in terms of marine life. I, it was just something I was really comfortable being in. Um, in terms of uh, over the distance and how I think of I, I do it a fair bit of the time. Think about how I'm travelling in my stroke. I definitely get into a rhythm, a pace rhythm, and and a stroke rhythm, uh, which is a lot easier to do in calmer waters. Um, and that's why, in terms of when the when the headlands and high tide impacts kicked in. Uh, in changing the stroke, it did make a physical difference to me, as well as obviously added to the duration of the swim. But um, yeah, that's that's then where your where your mental strength just has to kick in. And um, yeah, certainly support crew help you with that. There was lots of funny things that happened between uh, that we can laugh about now. It wasn't wasn't so funny at, at, at the time, but. Uh, Fortunately, the support crew who knew me really well knew exactly how to handle it. And, uh, yeah, there was um, plenty of um, sort of uh, words that don't normally come out of my mouth, especially to my sister, <laughs> um, coming out in, in, in frustration. But uh, uh, And the, 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 other, the other interesting thing about it on the day too, I was, I was really... Um, 
one of the big things about, and it's an English channel and a well-known thing to do, you do not want to try to finish in the dark. Right. It's a big mental hurdle to get over. Um, and in, in leading up to it, and because of the doubt about the conditions, I, I'd spoken at length to my coach, Trent, as mentioned before, Trent Grimsey, about um, you know the duration of the swim, the, the risk involved with the time, um, what we needed to do to make sure I finished during the, um, you know, finished in with some light at least. And um, Trent, Trent uh, sort of had, had suggested and thought I should start at four in the morning instead of six, which in hindsight, I, I, especially now, and uh, I could understand his reasoning. And in hindsight, it, it probably would have been a smarter thing to do. Um but in, in the end, it almost ended like so. As as these tough conditions came in the second half, I'm I, I'm I'm breathing to the left or looking towards the west and uh, and seeing the the sun very quickly disappearing yeah. and knowing that I've got a, a distance to go. And this this actually became the biggest mental hurdle for me to get over was getting there before that the light disappeared altogether. And um, it was, I, I felt as if I was charmed or blessed that uh, when sort of finally tackled, it sort of came onto Nobby's Beach um, with sort of less than five minutes of light. The sun had set with, um, you know, about, about five minutes of, of, of the last light left before it um, ended up pitch black. How, how are you supposed to swim in the dark? Do you aim for a, a light in the distance or do you, do you rely on your, on your guides to, to help you along? Well, you th- well, that that was the concern because we were so far out to sea. It would have been a real challenge taking on around that Nobby's headland and then trying to sort of you know, find your way between the reefs because the boats couldn't come in with me because there was quite a decent swell on that day too. It was there was a good sort of six foot wave that was breaking five hundred metres out coming onto Nobby's that day. Wow. So neither the boat or the jet ski could come in with me, so I was, I, I, would, I had to negotiate it on my own. But um, the the sponsor that I the main sponsor I had for the swim, which was Nepean and Longwall, they they set up a we'd spoken about it before, and they had a light um, set up from the from the shore for me to head into. And thank goodness that was sort of uh, <laughs> we had that set up. So that 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 at least gave me a landmark to clearly head for no matter how dark it was. Um, but there was still a matter of sort of ne- negotiating coming around the heads in as straight a line as possible. And as my, as the light was fading and the boat and the jet ski couldn't really see that either, um, it was, it, yeah, I, I wouldn't have wanted to be like even 15 minutes later than what I was. Wow, good timing. Just what you need at the end of a swim. Even more anxiety when, yeah. you, when you're exhausted. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And, and and again, in coming in the waves, a couple of people because of my surfing background, and there was a nice wave rolling in. Were was it was sort of almost after a spectacular finish of you know riding a wave from you know, three hundred meters out or something like that. But yeah. even my, my mindset at that stage was I, I I knew I knew what shape my body was in. Um, the last thing I wanted to do was go, go down a wave and it and it end badly. Um, so I, I did what I would never normally do, and that was, um, yeah, let, let, let a nice a nice wave that I otherwise would always catch uh, go past me. 
and then try to swim between the and swim between the broken waves. Wow. It's, okay. uh, that was uh, the, the 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 last the last piece of uh, coming in on the day, um, and thank goodness there was just that last little bit of light left before it uh, turned dark. At least you had the presence of mind to do that. So you're obviously very fit mentally and and physically for this. Like you weren't you weren't falling over at the end, which was good. No, well, I was uh, so determined, and really a lot of the support that I had leading into it. Um, both from the fundraising point of view and, and definitely the media as well, um, really, but, but also my own mindset. I, I, it never entered my head I wasn't going to swim onto Nobbies, um, even during the tougher stages of, um, you know, with the, with the headland issues and, and, and how, how, how late the day was getting, uh, I was always determined to get there. Um, uh, However, and and I know how much I mentally lifted when I when the last the last sort of whiteboard sign that came up to me was a was was the turn the turn the turn pointing left, and that was that that was like a, a massive lift, and I was like hallelujah, here we go, we're going in, or I'm going, heading in, and uh, yeah, then then and at that stage I, I I still wasn't sure what the swell was like, but. It was. I was only, you know, by this stage was over 500 metres out to sea, and was coming in when a wave that I could have almost ridden from there, like just went past me. That yeah. made me realise we had a decent swell running, yeah. and um, then straight away I was just. I, I I sort of thought about how how I uh, how I wanted to come in, and um, it was more about yeah body preservation. <laughs> And um, you know, not coming unstuck at the very last part of the swim. One, two, three, four. What's next for the rest of the year? Like you mentioned, you you had a swim this morning. Is that a, is that a regular routine? Are you aiming for something this year, or or just getting back into swimming? What what are you thinking? Yeah, what all, all I'm doing this year, because I, I as I mentioned before, my next big goal will definitely be the English Channel 2022. Um, unless I can, there's there's something that I can I, I can do do next year, but I'm. I'm just looking for for one year of just coming back, just um, probably just cutting back the training a bit, just uh, and and just just doing a couple of uh, a shorter shorter distance events again, um, just through a, a bunch of friends and my partner. We're I'm actually going to do it in a in a team at the um, uh, the, the Port Macquarie Triathlon or Ironman Triathlon. Just going to do a, do a swim lead there. Uh, cool. So that's a nice little thing. I, I may do a couple of ocean swims leading up. It's at the moment it's hard to tell what's going to be on and what isn't. Um, but that that alone is enough to uh, give me something to to aim for. That's not until the the first weekend in May, and uh, then I'll. Um, so that it's a, it's a nice little thing to to know that I'm preparing for and I'll actually race in. So um, I'm, I'm sort of my preparation is now coming back to the shorter distance things just for this year, but um, pretty much straight after that, as winter starts to kick in next year, 
uh, assuming 2022 is my next big target for the for the channel, I'll definitely jump back in and kick off the preparation next winter, and um, yeah, start that build up again from uh, from straight after Port Macquarie. How many k's do you swim a week, and what did you get up to when you were preparing for Coles to Newcastle? Yeah, for the for the Coles to Newcastle, as I was coming in, I, I was I was swimming sort of just over a hundred kilometres a month. Have sort of spread over a bit of a variable sort of week. Generally, just a, a sort of uh, a lot of the weeks were over 30k, and then a, then a shorter week. Um, and that was that was for for probably the the, the six months building leading leading into it. Uh, and again, a real mix of um, what what was for me um, ocean bars or out in the ocean swimming. Uh, I had a I had a huge personal preference for swimming in the ocean. Um, which I, which I didn't even for me it, it wasn't even training it was it was just enjoyment and uh, I, I always look forward to I mean I enjoy swimming in, in any case met um, with a massive passion in salt water but the ocean in particular uh, just just love being out there so um, I, I regarded that as just 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 having having fun with that with with those with those sessions and the longer ones I enjoyed obviously working on the nutrition um, and, and sort of the balance of, of both the frequency and the type of type of nutrition to have and, and getting that right and uh, uh, work, working with a, with a good, good team of, of dietitians also based out of, um, of Queensland as well. And, um, yeah, just, just fine-tuning that to, uh, to get, that, um, get that all right for the, for the big day, for the big swim. Yeah, well, how much did you eat? Because you must be burning calories like crazy, but you also, long-distance cold-water swimming is something where you actually want a little bit of extra weight. You must have eaten a lot. Yeah. Well, fortunately, I'm, not, I'm pretty good on the tooth, so <laughs> I, I did. I, uh, I, I can eat. If, 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 if part of my preparation involves uh, eating, eating food, that, that's the easy. That's, then you're good. That's not a problem at all. <laughs> Um, because yeah, you're right. In terms of swimming in cold water, the 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 only natural insulation you've got is what what you put on put on your put on your own body. So um, it, it it was a challenge for for a while uh, in in both um, swimming them sort of kilometres and putting on weight. Um, but I did in the end put on eight kilos for for over what I would my normal sort of swimming weight would be. Specifically for uh, long distance in cold water, and, and that again was the I, I believe turned out to be the right balance because because to, to do that and still have the endurance and fitness to do it, it, it is a fine line. You've got to got to sort of get it right, and there's no two people the same. So um, fortunately, that worked. That I think got the balance sort of right for that, and. Um, yeah, now I'm now I'm in, right now I'm in the inter- interesting challenge of, um, of of trying to get back to my 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 previous weight, and um, yeah, for, for for shorter distance stuff, but um, yeah, it's uh, and 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 reducing my appetite again. <laughs> well, I mean, the images of you online, you looked strong, like that classic kind of swimmer's build, big chest, um, and then sort of skinnier down below. You looked strong, so obviously it worked for you. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess fortunately, sort of naturally, both in my swimming and physically, it's I, uh, it's my upper body strength that does it for me. 
Um, so that 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 certainly helped. And as a matter of where where you sort of put on the weight, I know you can you don't don't get much choice. It goes where it goes. goes, but, where it, goes. Uh, um, it, it it sort of thought, fortunately sort of did 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 work out uh, fairly well for me. And um, actually, it was it was really interesting and very very flattering for me as well. I um, I, I I got a phone call after the swim from uh, Michael Renford or Murph. Uh, as he's well known, is, is Des Renford's son. And um, one of the first very flattering things he said from the images he saw, he, he, he sort of he, he thought it was it looked exactly like his dad coming out of the water. Oh, that must have been and, a thrill um, if he was your, your hero growing up. Oh, exactly, exactly. And uh, um, and and the other interesting, and again, it, it wasn't as if it was it, it was done deliberately from my point of view. I, I've seen a number of videos of Des swimming. And uh, uh, our, our swimming style likeness is, is uncanny as well. So um, maybe there's some sort of a, a, <laughs> uh, a, a, a an idealistic idealic combination there. But um, yeah, I uh, certainly his story and um, yeah, everything about what he achieved was was always captured in my mind from a young age and. Uh, it was always something at the right stage of um, my, my sort of sort of swimming life, swimming as well as personal life. When when things were set up to do that, I knew I always wanted to do. Um, and uh, yeah, for, for for me, watching him was uh, was hugely an inspiration. So that that was like an incredibly nice personal touch at the end of it all for me too. Oh, fantastic. My heart grew light, and this all world seemed new to me. You're really swell, I hope. Doing something like that in a in a unique nature, it was um, like the the unexpected support that you get from the from the community, and uh, it's sort of nice. I'm even like go to places and uh, and are recognised where I, where I never was before. So it, uh, the the way that the media captured it, the way that the the, the local community captured it, and um, yeah, the the other key thing is the, the support people who allowed it to happen and the and the passion that they had to, to get behind it and, and, and support me, they they certainly put their lives on on hold um, and uh, made themselves available for me for a good sort of you know three months leading into it. I, I can't thank them enough. And um, yeah, for for anybody uh, looking and taking on on any sort of marathon swimming, which I couldn't recommend higher. Um, yeah, you, uh, you. I couldn't, couldn't sort of advise enough to to get yourself a a, a rock solid support crew because you you definitely can't do it on your own. And they should go have a look at your Facebook page. I guess that's. I think that's how I found you. <laughs> yeah, well, it's um, that's uh, and I, and I've been contacted by a couple of different people and um, sort of squads and everything that I've I've sort of gone and had a, had a chat with after as, uh, since since it all happened as well. So there. There's sort of really nice things that have, have come out of it um, that I and it's something I'm, I'm certainly personally proud of that uh, sort of achieved in the in the in the bit of the unique nature of it and and that's a lot of reasons why I'm I'm, I'm happy to break the mould at one almost like the Crocodile Dundee movies you only do, should have only done one of them <laughs> but um, 
It's uh, I, I just even though I guess there's a potential to try to turn it into an annual thing, um, or or even myself go go and do it again. I'm I'm just really I, I couldn't be happier with how the whole thing went, and um, just just uh, for, from my personal point of view, just sort of happy to re- redirect. My, my sort of focus or goals back to work, back back to the, the the big thing that that got me there in the first place, which was the English Channel, which I, I've still got a big desire to do, and um, I, I I do like to coin a phrase, and for me it's my date with Dover um, <laughs> that I that I do that I do still want to meet, and uh, um, and I, I still see that as the as many others do the the, the holy grail of uh, marathon swimming. And, and you swim from Dover to Calais, right? You're going that way, not the other way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The it, it's very interesting now. The French the French won't let you start from their land, and, and when you do land, when you do swim on there, you've got to get off very quickly too. Uh, There's strict rules oh, um, that, that that have to be followed. So, you know, you won't you won't get through a bottle of French champagne on the land before you you've got to leave. Um, so, but it's 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 the uh, it's it's the whole history of it. It's the um, it's the the challenge of it, and um, in, in that particular body of water that that still very much um, inspires me to to definitely want to do it. Yeah, I hope Brexit doesn't stuff up the <laughs> chances. First COVID, then Brexit. If they don't if they don't let you into their waters or something. That... Yeah. Oh, look, I, they 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 do let you let you land on their beach, um, uh, or or whichever part of the land you do come on. So some people finish on rocks because you you've actually got to step onto the land to to be ratified as as crossing the channel. It's you know it's, you don't just touch a wall and that's okay. You've, you've actually got to step onto land. Um, yeah, so if you happen to land on one of the rock faces along along that French coastline, well, you've got to get up on it. <laughs> yep. Um, so, and and that's very tidal how you finish. It's they're they're incredibly strong tides. That that adds to that that challenge. Um, in in part, they obviously assist you swimming. Um, but in, in terms of when, when you when the tide obviously forces you to swim in a different direction, but uh, in terms of particularly landing onto 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 one of the beaches, sort of or Cap degree is the point of France that everybody likes to try to finish on because it's the shortest distance. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a matter of sort of perfectly judging your swim with the tides. Do you have a, a pilot lined up already, or is that is that something that you can work out a bit closer to the date? Yeah, no, I had the had the pilot sorted out for this year, and that same pilot uh, I've got. Sort of re- rescheduled all for 2022. So my my, my spot uh, uh, has been transferred to a slightly different time in the in the um, channel swimming season, which is obviously only fairly short. It's only sort of two and a half to three months of the year that you can possibly swim it, and a fair chunk of that is um, is impacted by weather as well. So it's, it's well known as a as a waiting game, even when you've got a, a, a spot booked. So um, yeah, whereas whereas this one was end of July, early August, had it been this year, it's the very start of July in 2022. Wow, that's really exciting! Oh, what a great thing to look forward to. I look forward to. I'm I'm sure you'll uh, you'll set up um, Facebook pages and whatnot for it. So I look forward to following it. I think it'll be cool. Yeah, I I, I will do. And it's um, now, as I said, it's a uh, it's it's where I'm. I, I sort of 
still still see that unfulfilled dream, even though this was something I'm, I'm very proud of for, for doing and achieving. Um, and the, the the support that I that I got behind got behind both the fundraising and the swim blew my mind. Um, far far greater than I than I ever expected. Um, and I said can't can't sort of extend my appreciation enough for all, all those who who sent messages and uh, and donated. I'd like to say thank you so much to Craig Clark for taking so much time to chat to me about his astonishing swim, the Coles to Newcastle 36km ocean swim along the east coast near Newcastle. And congratulations again for raising $32,000 for Beyond Blue. If you'd like any more information on anything you've heard in this episode, from links to Craig's Facebook page or links to the music that was used, get over to the website at www.thepod.com podcast.net that's www.thepodpodcast.net and if you feel like rating the podcast in whatever service you use that'd be pretty cool too my name is mark west thanks very much i'll catch you next time on the pod